Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Threat Level Podcast, the podcast where we talk about The Office. I'm Subi. I'm Madison. And I'm Jamie. And uh, in this episode, we'll be talking about uh, the season three season finale, The Job. The Job. Uh, originally, yep. It originally aired on May 17th, 2007. And I once Ooh, again. That's, that's close to today. I know. And I once again forgot to look up who did it. Who that's done okay. it? I think you A mean the writer. writers. Yeah, I believe it was Paul Lieberstein who plays uh, Toby, and Mike Schur who plays Mose. <clears throat> okay. Hmm. Yeah. Props to that. I didn't know that Toby was a writer on the show. Yeah, he is. Well, they did a good job. <laughs> they did. The, yes. tag, the tag team of them for the job. Yes. And was a good episode. And so today, instead of starting with an icebreaker, we're just going to jump right into the episode. Because it is a longer episode. Because it is a bit longer. And we're feeling uninspired, so. <laughs> and there was no good. We've we've answered all of the questions on Google at this point, so we're just going to start phasing the icebreaker out. <laughs> Pretty much, unless yeah, of course Google thinks we're very awkward. Yes. <laughs> Google is convinced that we like don't know how to hold conversations with anybody. Which I mean, you know, arguably true, but. Uh, yeah. I mean... <laughs> But uh, that said, if you would like us to do some icebreakers, feel free to send them to us at threatlevelpodcast at gmail.com. Or even better, send us our thoughts, on your thoughts on The Office. <laughs> send us our thoughts. Don't send us our thoughts on The Office. Tell us how we feel about The Office. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll feel the same way, so they could also be our thoughts. It's true, true, true. <laughs> and then we'll read your email out loud live on the air yes yes we live. well it'll be live when we're reading it not so much the when time. they listen to it but you get your name in podcast that's yes. almost like being on the local news <laughs> pretty much uh yeah so that said uh the episode then today we had a little hint of it from last time during beach games that michael was going to be interviewing for this job up it was in a little bit more than a hint <laughs> up in new york what was going to happen <laughs> up in nyc at corporate and uh, then we know of course that karen and jim also were planning to apply so this episode and, is all about them applying basically and in typical michael faction <clears throat> fashion we have him showing up a day early yes. for the interview as our pool open. <laughs> which which the thing to do then would have been just to admit that you had made a mistake, not be like, oh, I'm up here, <laughs> thought I'd see a show, you know. <laughs> just thought I'd take the day off and come up to Manhattan three hours away in the right. middle of the work day. You know, uh-huh. at Dunder Mifflin's midtown Manhattan office. <laughs> I don't yes. think anybody was believing him that he didn't, you know, make a mistake on the day. <laughs> right. And I love that he just calls Pam. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be like three hours late. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. Class- Classic Mike. But um, I do enjoy when we see Jim at the beginning of the episode and he's mm-hmm. like all like fancy and he has a new haircut. Yes. Um, when Pam sees him walking into the office, she gets this super cute little smile on her face. Like, oh, <laughs> so cute. I, I love Pam in this episode. Like the newer, confident, stronger Pam is so yeah. sexy. And I just, I want to make out with her. <laughs> she's, so, <laughs> she's, she's so much better than meek little timid Pam. She really is. And I love also that she confronts uh, Karen, which apparently this is the episode when Karen says that she's a, that Pam's a real bitch or something. It's which kind, I hate. Kind of a bitch. Pam's not a bitch. And women yeah, should not is. be labeled as bitches for simply like saying what they're feeling. Right. And I mean, she did take the time out of her day to go apologize to Karen to be like, sorry if this made you feel awkward, but I needed to express myself, you know? Right. And it's how I felt. Sorry, you got in the way of my life. Right. Go back to Connecticut. <laughs> like, yeah. what does Pam or what does Karen do? Well, she becomes. I think she's in sales, right? Oh, but do you mean like afterwards? Yeah. Oh, oh. Like, like after this episode. Well, we have. To, I think we assume that <laughs> after she after Jim abandons her yeah. in New York City and drives back without her. <laughs> I mean, what does she? To do? be fair, she abandoned Jim before his interview too. She was all too quick to leave that place and be like. But the, the plan was that we were going to meet up after his interview. I know. <laughs> and he but... just leaves her in New York City by herself. I know. <laughs> that um, was weird. But we know that was... she she does become regional manager of a branch later. 
Does oh, she? Yeah. yeah. I couldn't like, remember. Utica. I knew we saw her later, Ut- but I couldn't yeah, remember Utica, what she was yeah. doing. Yeah, we see her uh, when Pam and Michael are traveling around and <laughs> she throws candy at her employees or something. No, oh. that, that, that was Michael. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she's pregnant and stuff, so we find yeah, out her I, life's I progressing. Yeah, that. Isn't, like, Michael's, like, <clears throat> gyms or something? Like, yeah, yeah. Years later. <laughs> right, she's like, that's not possible. Yep, I've been pregnant for three years with Jim's baby. <laughs> that's how pregnancy yeah. works. Which is, I mean, it's good that she they finally got out of this relationship because... It clearly wasn't going to work. And then we saw Karen going to be a little like it's kind of true when she was like, "Okay, well, what are we going to do? Like, you can't stay in Scranton because there's one too many people. So Kevin, Kevin, which I liked. Yeah. (laughs) Kevin, who was also given the task of deciding who was hotter, Pam or Karen in this. And I love that pantsuits apparently made made the way on the list when he's still making it. I think it's unfair of Karen to say our relationship has no chance if we stay in Scranton because Pam's there. I like, I, I agree. I feel like it's it sounds to me a bit too controlling and weird. Yes, and like Jim is from there. Like that's right. that's where he's from. Telling him that he has to move away from his hometown because you don't like the fact that but ex-potential love interest is still living there right like that's way too controlly it really is i mean although it's clear that he still had feelings for pam the entire time and she obviously has feelings for him so well that's that's the other thing where karen should have broken up with jim so long ago (laughs) yeah but you know karen's karen's not that smart like she should not have stayed in that relationship for nearly as long as she did. No, she should not have. Clearly, it, you know, ends with her being abandoned in New York City. Yeah. Because, you know, Jim realizes he, he needs to be with Pam. Right. Which he does. He does, yeah. And I love the callback. when The moment that he realizes that, the callback to... Was it season one where Office Olympics was, or is that season two? I think it was season two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the little gold medal. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. The yogurt lid medal. Was and really he, adorable. Yeah, and he realizes that that's what he liked most about Scranton. So yep, friends and the yogurt lids and the yogurt lids. <laughs> the Flonkerton gold medal. No, Flonkerton. But um, I did enjoy seeing them traipse about New York City because, like, they definitely got off at the subway stop near where I get off for work. I was like, Aww. ooh, and it was my, <laughs> it was my subway line too. I was like, oh my god, ah, excitement. That's pretty adorable. Um, so. So we have Michael yes. in New York City thinking like it's a done deal. He's right. absolutely <laughs> going to get this job. He sold his house. <laughs> on eBay. On eBay for 80% of what it was worth. <laughs> record In record time. Um, so we have that happening. And then we have Dwight thinking that he's going to be like that. That he is regional manager, basically. Well, because that. Michael told him, he's like, I, it has come, the time has come for me to name my successor. It's you. <laughs> Don't screw the pooch. You know? But like, okay. Number one, Michael's not getting the job that day. Even if they were to give him the job, he wouldn't yeah. probably start it for another week or two. Right. So like Michael's still going to be acting manager. Well, for a period of time. Well, I'm sure Michael then, didn't realize that. <laughs> well, then yeah. number two, Michael doesn't have the power to make somebody regional manager. Yeah. <laughs> he would only be making a recommendation to right. corporate who he thought should be named. You know, it, it would come down to them to interview and make a final decision. True. But Dwight is like already painting the yeah. office black <laughs> and yeah. just like moving right on into Michael's job, which is so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Like, as, yeah, as soon as he leaves, he slaps his name on the door. Yeah, he's and it already gets got serious. a sign made up. <laughs> oh, I, love I wonder t- how long he's had that sign in his desk that you know, he's just been, like, holding on to it. Oh, for ages, I'm absolutely sure. I did love when... Um, when he announces the news to Angela first, he's like, how would you like to sleep with the the, the, <laughs> the the regional manager? And she's like, I told you, I don't care how that was. You know, if that's what they did. How they consolidate power in Rome. No, no, it's me. <clears throat> I'm going to be regional manager. So like, and then, yeah. oh, Angela's so cute. Oh, oh she's like, adorable. Like, smiling and... I know. When she's he gets, so turned on. Yeah, she's very turned on. And I love, too, when he's doing his little... 
um, Origins of Paper lecture. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah. he's like, it's phosphorus, right? And she's just like shaking her head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's so cute. Everybody knows it's selenium or whatever. Or, or nitrogen. But <laughs> <laughs> whatever it was. No, I liked that. I like anytime Angela gets is, you know, having the vapors over Dwight is cute. <laughs> Anytime Angela is sexually aroused, it it's is cute. funny. It's cute. It's adorable. Oh, man. I also, I liked the introduction of, uh, introduction, rather, introduction. Introduction. <laughs> <laughs> the introduction of uh, Shroot Bucks. Yes. Um, even though Stanley does not want a Shroot Buck at all. <laughs> and it makes Dwight really sad. <laughs> I feel bad for him. He's like, doesn't anybody want shrimp bucks? He looks so sad seeming, and I just wanted to hug him. And now uh, he's like, no, but I'll pay a million Stanley Nichols to not. <laughs> I think it was a billion. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and it's the same ratio as unicorns to leprechauns. <laughs> I did love that Pam stepped up in her role of secret assistant to the regional manager to like calm the masses and like have them pay attention yeah. it was cute and i really i enjoyed the interaction between pam and dwight in this episode it was really <laughs> fun to yeah like whenever they're doing something together it's just like a really good dynamic it's kind of yeah. like it's kind of like in friends when you have um rachel and chandler doing like it yeah. doesn't happen very often but when they have a storyline together it's so good and that's like pam and dwight yeah, go really yeah well pa- Pam and Dwight is like Jim and Dwight without the meanness. Pretty much. No. Was it when Jim moved away that she realized that she was becoming friends with Dwight? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. She's yeah. like, no, we like hang out sometimes and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh my God, we're friends. Oh my God, I think I'm friends with Dwight. It's <laughs> <laughs> cute. But, you know, she is his best friend, so. <clears throat> and then we can... We can discuss Jan's boobs. Oh my god. <laughs> Did Jan get a boob job to get Michael back? Yes. Ugh. Like do you think that is the only reason that she did it? Um, I think maybe she did it for to feel confident, but then she's like, Oh, I know what I can also do with these boobs. Let's get Michael <laughs> back. Maybe she found his list that he was making that had like three points on it that were like Jan is flat. Jan no, has no boobs. Maybe. <laughs> no boobs. <clears throat> Ugh. Yeah. And her and, boobs look so weird because the rest of her was like a different color. Right. Why were her boobs a different color? <laughs> I don't know if they were like highlighted to try to <laughs> make them look bigger. I don't know. Or did she just I, go tanning and wear like a bikini top or something? Oh, maybe. It, that's what I was imagining. But then she was wearing the low cut shirt so you could see like the tan lines. True. The I don't know. on jam lines. Were tan lines in in 2007 i can't no they were never in (laughs) but my point is you can see them regardless yeah you can i know well she was tan almost everywhere almost (laughs) except except for her boobs Uh except her jan almost everywhere but she was jan everywhere (laughs) (laughs) there is no part of her that wasn't jan (laughs) but for her boobs really those weren't jan anymore (laughs) that's true those have uh those are of a foreign nature but uh, I did. I did like that. Michael at first was trying to resist before he knew that it was the boobs that was going on, because he calls like an immediate uh, girls, not girls' night, but like a a council of fe- of females. <laughs> council of females. <laughs> to try to get them to like encourage him and tell him what to do to like not get back together, but of yep. course, like immediately once he sees the boobs, he's taken. Ugh. Yeah, their advice was good, but Jan's was bigger. bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I'm having a hard time, like, remembering what Jan looked like before. I don't think that her boobs look that much different, though I can't That's remember I'm like, She didn't actually have a boob job for this episode. I think she no. was probably wearing, like, a, padded a really, like, a padded push-up bra. Yeah. And a really low cut shirt you know yeah yeah no not at all i <laughs> and i think it's i find it strange that they can be looking for a job a replacement for jan without jan already having been let go that seems right. weird to me like and like, why would you i mean i guess 
they don't want there to be a day without somebody in that position must be so they're like keeping it a secret from her that they're gonna fire her right but how how would she like when she said oh you know she must have asked at some point like oh what are we hiring somebody for what would they have told her? <laughs> I don't know. Or she she should have at least seen the job announcement, which would have been like all of her duties. You'd think she'd right. be like, uh, what? <laughs> hey, let me talk to you about this. Although like David Wallace said, she was like never there and wasn't That's paying true. attention. So she could really probably have had no idea what was going on. That's true. And I like how apparently the time she took away to like do the boob job and like find herself was just like unpaid. Like she left during her job. Because he was yeah. like, you keep disappearing like days or weeks at a time. Yeah. <laughs> David Wallace is actually like a pretty good dude. Yeah. Yeah, he is. I don't know. I guess I just don't really remember one way or the other about him. But Yeah. One thing about David Wallace is that, um, so BJ Novak and uh, John Krasinski, they're both fans of this uh, writer uh, named uh, David Foster Wallace. I think... Um, John Krasinski, I think he directed a movie based on a David Foster Wallace book. Oh. And I think maybe the David Wallace... I'm pretty sure the David Wallace character is named after David Foster Wallace. Okay. That that uh, sort of makes sense. Yeah. He's like this really, um, like a postmodern writer. Hmm. And his writing is so hard to read. Like when I was (laughs) into literature, like I tried reading some of his books, but they're, they're so difficult. Like he wrote you this... were into literature. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm a, you know, I'm a noob. I mean, not a noob, like a... A noob. <laughs> just, just like, nothing can be simple enough I'm just going to let you continue to struggle. <laughs> nothing can be simple enough for me. I'm not going to help you out. Maybe you should connect vegan into literature and you'd be able to form sentences. I don't there. know. Uh... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and and he, he wrote this book called... Um, infinite jest and okay. it's like a thousand pages long and i think like with a hundred pages of footnotes it's like a work of fiction with a hundred pages of footnotes and the footnotes <laughs> have their own footnotes <laughs> and it's just supposed to be like this really fragmented experience i think i read like 50 pages of it and i was like uh, no no way can i back can to I watching tv just say yes i am fairly certain i've never read a footnote like I've read lots of books with them, but I have never read the footnotes. Can I say? Can I say that that's kind of my hope? Like with when I was writing my di- when I was writing my dissertation, I'm like, I'll just toss this in the footnote. No one will I I know I've read lots of books that had footnotes and lots of articles that have footnotes, but I don't think I've ever once actually referenced a footnote unless it was like possibly if it was like a word in a foreign language or something and the footnote told what yeah. it meant that might have been the only time Ooh. i would have done that but... Foot, footnotes i tend to read but if you give me an end note like a full page of end notes i'm like no, <laughs> not reading those if it's not immediately in the same page i can't I just, like, yeah oh. <laughs> formatting footnotes and end notes for the record is the shittiest thing in the world to have to do when you're designing a book oh my god i hate them <laughs> and especially when authors would like add new ones in midway through and they'd all have to get freaking renumbered wait Ugh. don't why doesn't automatically renumber well if they're set up right they would but uh, half the time authors you know are just, just typing like, them in the bottom of the page a couple of times at the bottom of the page and, like, uh, type no. it. when you load it into uh, an InDesign uh, document you just have like a footnote in the middle of the page with a bunch of <laughs> enters around it uh, so then you would have to like manually do them all oh my god how do people not know how to insert a footnote because they're like 85 year old people writing self-publishing you know novels about their Uni- unicorns insane and leprechauns <laughs> unicorns and leprechauns and their insanity elvis and riding a unicorn elvis riding a unicorn it's like you know creed and his oh my god oh, yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's that's the type of manuscripts we would get in I whatever is written in creed's blog in his word document <laughs> i love that like it's considered too racy even for the internet according to <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny uh, I love Creed so much. I, I would like to read Creed's thoughts. Well, I loved when Creed, uh, they were talking about the boob job, and he's just like, I find it offensive. Oh, natural, baby. Swing low, sweet chariots. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, go Creed, supporting oh. supporting the natural woman. Well, he has discussed before about, you know, being in hippie sex piles and stuff. <laughs> doesn't remember much of the 60s. True, in which a man, a man may have slipped in. <laughs> <laughs> 
there would be no it, way of knowing. <laughs> at the time, it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Creed. I think Creed's just like a real. I mean, sometimes too free spirited, perhaps. Like, <laughs> like when he was like, "I don't get why it's a big deal that Phyllis was Flash in the parking lot." He was just hanging brain. Like, no, <laughs> oh, that's such a gross description for what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I know. There's nothing smart about balls. They should not be equated to brains. That's uh, probably true. I would have to agree. <laughs> oh. oh man, but um, yeah, we. Uh, so Michael ultimately decides to decline <laughs> to, 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 to withdraw his name for consideration. Yes, after he's been told it's going in a different direction. <laughs> Upon learning that he didn't get the job. <laughs> Um, which make like he doesn't withdraw his name until after David Wallace tells him we're not going to hire you. <laughs> so like, and then he tries to play it off like to Jan like he withdrew his name, you know, because right. because her job and he didn't realize it. But like, I don't feel like he would have withdrawn his name had David Wallace said, "Oh, we want to give you the job," you know, oh. you know, he would have been like, "Okay, someone's right. got to support us, Jan." <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, then it's the beginning of the end when he's just like, I guess you could live in my condo when she's like, not sure what to do. She's like, yes, I can be, I can dedicate myself to a relationship. And then that can be my full time job. (laughs) Wearing sweatpants and waiting for 515. Which is the biggest issue. Like, I feel like if she had been fired and went to live with Michael, but had found another job, there might have been maybe some potential for some development in their relationship Maybe. but her just staying home and doing nothing except for like making candles is not <laughs> gotta have serenity a by chance. even if you stay home and have a job that's okay you gotta yeah. have a job you do you do i don't want to have a job <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll support us on my thank you thank my, you my Aunt. per diem salary thank you, <laughs> perfect i worked seven and a half hours two weeks ago how much money are we making through this podcast we are making none although i did see that on podbean i can set it up so that when people like listen an ad rolls and i think then we'd get like some minimal amount of income but considering oh, nice. that considering people that we would have to listen they would they would and considering this is the 50th episode of this and on podbean we have like 118 listens i don't think i don't think we're going to be making a ton of money Aww. it but, would but just how... be the ads would just be they're annoying us right the people who actually listen to it right but how much money are we making in shroot bucks oh we are we are rolling in the shroot bucks all right yeah we, we have so many shroot bucks we have at least <laughs> and, just don't and, know what to do anymore so many and at least like two two billion uh, stanley nichols maybe like a helper quarter or two it's <laughs> now we're doing well uh, <laughs> a beasley half dollar a beasley half dollar. <laughs> a bernard penny yes because <laughs> that's all he's worth is a penny it is <laughs> yep oh my God. i find it uh, funny that the only person who actually wanted to interview for the number two position was Andy. <laughs> so they got to have this like ridiculous interview. Um, who do we think Dwight would have preferred? Like out of the people in the office, who did he want to have as his number two if not Andy? I don't know. Was it only salespeople? I feel like anybody could have interviewed for it, you know, because you would have been getting a different job at that point. So I guess he, I could see him respecting Stanley maybe in that yeah. position. Like Stanley, you know, has yeah. some has some authority, so that might be good. But everyone else, yeah, like no. <laughs> so I feel like Andy really was the best person for the job. <laughs> or maybe the temp, maybe Ryan. Yeah, maybe. Just, Although just because he's Ryan, handsome, <laughs> yeah. as we learned, was not available. Nope. For <laughs> a regional manager, because yeah. he's going to be corporate's whatever new position. Yep. What is the position? It must be like leader of regional managers, right? Because I'm pretty sure the official job title is biggest asshole ever. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> or one way ticket to Cokesville. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yep. No. Um, yeah, I think that's what Jan did. Because I feel like in the meetings they had with Jan, she was supposed to be like in charge of all of the or maybe just like some of some of the branches. I'm not sure. Hmm. But I can't. Yeah, 
I can't remember. She was like the manager of managers. Right, right. But then I wonder what is Wall- David Wallace? He's Isn't the he- manager of managers manager. He's like the CFO. Okay. <laughs> I like my job title better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, Ryan has been earning his uh, MBA on the side. So that's true. So. Um, so it probably at the time he seemed like a good choice, you know, mm-hmm. he was going to business school. He'd earned his BFA or whatever. It <laughs> yeah. His BFA. And his bachelor of fire. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, pretty... that's the best bachelor's degree you can get. <laughs> that is a pretty solid bachelor's degree, I have to say. So that's why I'm bringing that up. But um, but yeah, so I think that like, and probably he was young and it was a good move for the company to kind of take their leadership in a new direction since there, you know, had been some issues with, you know, having them merge branches, you yeah. know, and well, loss and th- of revenue and stuff yeah. like that. And I think... I don't know if you guys agree, but I think that Jim would have been the number one choice. Yeah. Because David seemed really like he really in likes love with Jim. Him. Yeah, he's in love yeah. with Jim basically. basically yeah. And um, everyone loves Jim. <laughs> <laughs> everyone loves because Jim's the best. He is, but I, I'm assuming that he's the a charming psychopath. No, he's just charming. <laughs> You're a psychopath. Uh, except that I'm not. <laughs> I don't think he's a psychopath. Like maybe a sociopath. I'm not sure. <laughs> but but um. But he doesn't actively <laughs> murder people. I'll, yes. I'll grade you that. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Uh, but, like, that, there's not a whole lot of certainty as to, like, must be Jim said he didn't want the job then. Right. You know? Yeah, because I think the point when he asked him, like, what is, what, where are you for the long haul? I think Jim was, like, probably ended up telling him straight up, like, I think I might have to stay in Scranton or something. Yeah. Because he asked, yeah, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And I think that... In Jim's mind, he saw himself married to Pam in 10 years from, from oh. then, you know, like that's still what he wanted. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, he had to say, no, actually, I don't think I want this job. And does Jim break up with Karen before leaving New York City? <laughs> what are our thoughts on that? Does he just leave her with her friends at the coffee shop <laughs> and like break up over the phone later? Or does he go to the coffee shop and break up no, with her? No, I, I don't. I don't see him going to the coffee shop. I think maybe he sent a text. He maybe sent a text message or something. So you think he broke up with her via text? <laughs> Sorry, Karen. You might as well just stay in New York City. I'm going back to Scranton to ask Pam out. <laughs> Bye. Which I mean, like, it can't have come to as much of a surprise. Like, come on. She, uh, she's just been in denial the whole time. I just feel like he literally <clears throat> goes back to Scranton and asks Pam out. He should have broke up with Karen before he asked Pam out, you know? Yeah. Maybe he uh, did. Maybe. I hope he did. Yeah. I hope for Jim's and Karen's and Pam's, Pam's sake. Yeah. No, but I did like that all those talking head bits with Pam. She's like talking about accepting how it is. And she's like, you know, bef- like the one before the final one, she's like, I'll, you know, I'll have to find my own Karen. And then yeah. she's like a, a, a male version. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not allowed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then she's kind of like accepting the fact that like, you know, she's not going to be with Jim. Like they miss their opportunity and stuff. And then he comes in and it just gives everyone goosebumps. I like, know. Um, oh. <laughs> Everyone, everyone, had everyone, goosebumps. you had goosebumps too. Everyone, yeah. and it's the it's the moment that everyone who's been watching The Office has been waiting for since season one, episode one. Yes. Oh, finally, it's a date. It's a date. Oh, so cute. I'm just cute. melting over here. Enough. I'm melting into Subi's stone cold eyes, hatred, <laughs> <laughs> thinking about Jim's happiness. <laughs> <laughs> The hatred just radiating from him. That's actually why I'm melting. <laughs> Come on, it's, it's cute. It is cute. I agree. Nope. It's cute. I have a heart of stone. I know. <laughs> oh man. But, I love that heart of stone. No. But um I think that's pretty much That's our episode. Everything that happened. That is season three. That is season three wrapped all up. Um, do you guys have any other remaining quotes from the episode that you liked? Um, I liked when Pam says to Karen, I really hope you get the job. <laughs> <laughs> like she really wants Karen to move. <laughs> yep. Yeah, she I, like when, uh, 
I liked what uh, Michael said. I didn't get both of your messages. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, man. <clears throat> now, I have a question, because, like, uh, Andy calls Jim Big Haircut here. <laughs> Does he continue with that, or does it remain Big Tuna? Oh, I think it goes back to Tuna. Yeah. Oh, because he was like, from now on, you are a big haircut. I would have liked continuity in that. <laughs> I think he was just joking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any other quotes. I think my only one was this <laughs> swing low, sweet chariot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Creed. Do you guys have a Dundee? Um, I'm going to give the flew too close to the sun dundee to dwight oh. for almost becoming regional manager <laughs> Aww. poor dwight what about you subi i'll give a dundee to madison for coining the term hippie sex piles <laughs> uh, i didn't coin that term if you'd watch Grace and Frankie, oh. <laughs> you would have known that I was quoting Grace. Uh, yeah. Jamie <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> got it. <laughs> wow, feel, free to, feel free to listen to uh, our other podcast, uh, Navigating Netflix Originals. Where we are currently discussing season two of Grace and Frankie. Yes, we are. Um, <laughs> that said, I am going to go ahead and give my Dundee, I'm going to give the, the number one choice Dundee to Jack Bauer. Uh, lead, <laughs> lead protagonist of 24. <laughs> also known as the Jack Bauer Power Hour. Oh, look at that. A little bit of rhyming. Jack Bauer. I don't think I've ever actually watched 24. I have no idea who Jack Which is Bauer surprising is. because that's kind of my genre mm -hmm. of show to watch. Yeah, the way that show works is that each episode takes place over one day and each episode is like an hour long and they like, basically it's like goes in real time oh <laughs> so like is, each uh, go, go ahead i was gonna say isn't that the same premise as 48 or the first 48 or whatever that is doesn't that also like count down the first 48 hours or whatever R right but i don't know but i don't think the first 48 each episode is like 48 hours long no <laughs> yeah. but, but each season of 24 is 24 hours long basically oh i see nice I have no idea what you guys are talking about. It's just the show twenty four. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you don't anyway. watch him for like eight hours. It's like he's up for the full twenty four hours, just you know, chasing bad guys, doing all that stuff. Man, chasing the baddies. What a life. What a life. But um, cool. Do you guys have any? Where do we go now? Trivia. Um, ratings. No ratings at the end. All right, then trivia. Trivia. <laughs> <laughs> um, how many shroot bucks does one have to earn, and what is the prize? Uh, if you earn 1,000, you get an extra five minutes for lunch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what does the note that Pam wrote to Jim say? Uh, don't forget us when you're famous? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. I have one. Um. At one point, I forget when, like, but there's like a song playing. What song is playing? Yeah, that one. I don't know the name of that song or who sings it. It's uh, it's Michael's goodbye song. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> called um, I think it's called "Kind and Generous" by Natalie Merchant. Okay, I definitely heard the song before, but I've never heard that name in my life. So '90s. He didn't actually look this up, so he could be totally wrong. No, I did look it up. Oh, did you? Yeah. No. <laughs> That's what Never he was doing that. in the other room before he came in. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did appreciate Michael putting that on right before he was, uh, like, he gave himself walkout music, just like he gave himself entry entrance music when um, he gave the presentation at uh, Ryan's class in which he ripped up the textbook. Anyway. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I was trying to think, like, what you were talking about. Yeah, he yeah. puts on, like... <laughs> In you know motivational music. Anywho, um, and what are your trivia, Monsieur Root? My first trivia is: What is the name of the secretary at Dunder Mifflin, Dunder Mifflin uh, Corporate? Is it Joyce? Grace? Uh, Grace. Yep. Grace. Oh, <laughs> nice. Um, <clears throat> another one is: What restaurant do uh, Jim and Karen go to in the village? The Spotted Pig. Yes, the Spotted Pig, which I think is still in existence, but I think it's super expensive. 
Mm, well, <laughs> so, we won't go there. Yes, yeah, so, so we shan't be going there, but we can go to the village if you like. That's where I do my tap dancing anyway. Only oh. if you tap dance all the way there. <laughs> <laughs> I can try. <laughs> um, in Dwight's uh, wildest fantasy, what is his salary? $80,000. <laughs> As he's co-owning a bed and breakfast with Satan in yes. hell. <laughs> oh, hotel hell. I liked that he, um, I guess, like, I suppose 80000 in Scranton would be, like, a pretty reasonable salary. But, like, as Jim points out, this right. is your wildest <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> like, well, it's, well, it's kind of like when he does Second Life and his fantasy is him being assistant to the regional manager but being able to fly. That's, <laughs> that's like, the only difference. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I think that might be all of the... Oh, what is the exact web address of Creed Thoughts? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to write it down, but I didn't feel like going back. <laughs> I'll give it to you then. It's www.creedthoughts.gov.www/creedthoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Ryan like. I love how Ryan did that, and the fact that Creed can't tell the difference between a word document and the internet. <laughs> right. Aw, cute. But uh, yeah, so that's all my trivia. I guess we can move into ratings then. All right, I'm going to give this episode 4.5 out of 5 Shroot Bucks. Nice. And I'm going first so I can have that rating scale. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the only reason I'm knocking 0.5 off is that the episode seemed a little bit long. Yeah. Like, it just... It could have been maybe, you know, five or ten minutes shorter. There was a sometimes where it, it just was like awkward, long scenes seemed to be in the episode. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't need to watch Michael fondling Jan's bosom That's multiple true. times in a row. I did like that he had to do it twice. And she's like, oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Even she's like slightly caught off guard by it. <laughs> uh, what about you guys? I'll give it a... Uh... Three out of five boob enhancements. Three? (laughs) What'd I say? Three. Three. Okay, three. Three out of five boob enhancements. Wow, why so low? I mean, it's higher than average, I guess, but... Eh, I didn't love it. Yeah. You didn't like it because Jim is happy in the end. Exactly. Uh, Yes, this is true. Um, I think I'm going to go more towards Madison, and I'm going to actually also give it a 4.5 Stanley Nichols out of five. (laughs) <clears throat> just because I I mean it's like the moment that we've all been waiting for we get we do have Pam being very confident in it in though right I like oh, I love that I know <laughs> I love it I like that um that uh, you know Jim and, and Pam are going on their date finally I enjoyed seeing New York because I was like hey I've been there and <laughs> and it's also just fun watching them like outside of the office and also Dwight being able to be manager for like three hours was really fun Right. So that brings our total podcast rating to four out of five. Shroot Nichols, what was your rating scale? Boobs enhancements. Shroot Nichols for boob enhancements. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Awesome. And that then wraps up season three. So next time it'll be uh, season four, episode one, which is, I think it's the fun race or fun run. Fun run. Hopefully we'll have Bethany and Justin back with us. They are currently moving and don't have internet, which is why they haven't been with us the past couple of weeks. Yes, so they will be back in full force uh, soon enough. And so thanks for listening. Um, If you want to send us an email, go ahead and do that at uh, threatlevelpodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at TL underscore PCAST. Um, And we then will catch you next time. So thank you. And goodbye. And <laughs> that brings us to Threat Level Podcast After Dark. Excellent. So what do you guys... Even though it is not after dark. It is not. It is midday. It is a bright, shiny day. Yes. A nice 75 degree day. <laughs> Marginally. Yeah. Nearly too... I'll say nearly too hot for my, my taste. Give me a nice 55 degrees, please. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> I like... See, I like my range between 50... 
and 70. Yes. And at 50, I want it to be like sunny. And at 70, I want it to be super overcast. And Ooh, like, yeah. like that's the range, you know, as the temperature increases, I need the overcast to increase as well. <laughs> yes, I agree. I would concur. <clears throat> Two peas in a pod, we are. Yes. Um, that said, what have you guys been listening to, reading, watching, checking out, <laughs> contemplating as of late? Um, I'll give a shout out. I'll what? give a shout out. To, <laughs> no, uh, hold I, on. I got We've this. dropped our pen. <laughs> I got this. A shout out. Be, whoop. <laughs> I need to pick up my pen to not write anything. <laughs> so um, I understand. Uh, <laughs> it's a shout out to this um, YouTube series called uh, "Down the Rabbit Hole." Oh, okay. It's, um, it's basically like each video discusses like some internet topic that's like like some internet rabbit hole that's very interesting. It's like if it's the kind of thing where like if you found out about it, you would maybe spend hours researching it okay. to like learn everything about it. But instead of having to do it yourself, this guy does it for you. <laughs> so it's it's the lazy man's internet <laughs> research. Nice. Like he did uh, a video on um a music genre called uh vaporwave. Oh. And it's like is it like electronica or something? Yeah, it's like, it's very new. It's like electronica. It's like kind of an 80s style uh, synth music, except it's very, um, it's not upbeat. It's okay. kind of unsettling. And it has like this weird 80s aesthetic with like 90s computer graphics. <laughs> okay. And so basically just, it explains it really well in like a nice 20 minute video. They uh, did a, another video on... Um, this self-published author who wrote this really terrible book. Madison knows all about this. Uh, <laughs> like a really uh, awful book. And then he basically got into huge uh, battles over the internet with like people who were criticizing the book. And he was like, oh no, my book is perfect. You guys are idiots. <laughs> and apparently there was this discussion thread on Amazon where like, there were like I think ten thousand comments about this one review of the book, and like they couldn't add any more comments because it caps out at uh, ten thousand comments. Okay, it's it's just it's like a it's just a good way to like. It's a research. good way to go into the armpit of the internet without actually having to go there. <laughs> exactly. Someone else has gone there and has come back to report to you what they've found. Exactly. <laughs> cool. That sounds perfect because yeah, I think we all know how easy one could get lost in the in the armpit of the internet. Right. <laughs> it's cool. And that was called then down the uh, down the rabbit hole, was it? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Cool. What about you, Madison? Um, I have I have a follow up shout out mm. and an actual shout out. Last week I shouted out the movie I Feel Pretty, um, yeah. starring Amy Schumer, and I hadn't seen it at that point, but I've seen it since then. Okay, and I am still recommending it. It is a very cute, funny yeah, movie, is. well worth seeing. And I got a pin for going. Did you get a pin when you went? What? No. I know. They were handing out like these big pins, so we each got one. Mine says, I feel pretty strong, and Subi says, I feel pretty fantastic. Aww. I know. So that was cool. Um, and then my, my new shout out is a book series that I recently read um, called The Solstice. Oh. And it's kind of like about a dystopian future. Ooh. But the, the problem with the book series is that it requires you to like suspend your disbelief on like the whole premise of it. <laughs> like the premise <laughs> is that it's been raining nonstop for 40 years and the entire earth has flooded other than this one island, probably roughly the size of like a large city or a small state. Huh. Um, so like that could never actually happen. Like there's just not enough water <laughs> that for that to, to occur. But if you can believe that, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it kind of, it's about everybody who's living on this island has what's called a harmony implant, hmm. which is the government has put um, basically an implant in them to control their emotions. So they're all very calm and subdued. They can't 
cry, they can't smile, they can't do anything like uprise against the government or anything like that. Um, the main character, hers doesn't work. She's able to feel emotions um, and was taught from a young age by her mother, or they refer to their parents as caretakers, that she needed to control her emotions. She couldn't let anybody know that she was feeling things because she had... The reason she couldn't feel emotions was because when she was born, after they put the Harmony implant into her, her mother put a carrier chip into her, which is like something that will allow her to basically hopefully save the world Um. long story she'll be able to like operate these generators to potentially build more land for people to build on um there to to live on so it's a it's a two book series there's potentially a third book because it kind of leaves it like where there could be more to the story (laughs) (laughs) um after the second book is over um but the author has like she said she's going to write another one but there's no like title or release date or anything okay for it yet. who's who's um, the author i knew you were gonna ask that. <laughs> pause this podcast <laughs> all right so the the series is the solstice series and the author is jane red jane red okay yeah, Red with two Ds, R-E-D. Okay. And there's two books out currently. The Sol- Solstice is the name of the first book, and then Lake Town is the name of the second book. Okay. Cool. That sounds... Lake, Town, Lake Town is, like, about in a very small island where there's also human habitation, um, but it's not part of, like, the main big island, so they don't have harmony implants there. Okay. And they're, the people... Um, on the main island are taught that anybody from a lake town from a, an island are like barbaric savages and right. you don't want to go near them kind of thing which of course isn't entirely true <laughs> but um it's, it's an sounds... interesting read you just kind of have to be able to believe that rain for 40 years is possible <laughs> okay i like that i like dystopian novels are my favorite genre yeah yeah and, it's ugh, cool I would... in that yeah, that sounds really cool. It reminds me of, um, have you guys either read or seen The the Giver? Yes. Yeah, ugh, I love that movie. I, I have yet to read the book, but apparently it's a, a, there are four books in a series, oh. which... Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh. And, but the premise is basically the same, uh, Madison. It's like uh, emotion is eradicated from this um, community or like this, I mm. guess you'd say community. And uh, there's one individual who... Uh, has the power to see beyond that too technically but um uh so it's all about his story of sort of you know trying yeah. you know trying to save the world in a way yeah. um but it's super good um and the I, solstice series is available on kindle unlimited oh. um i'll have to see if the giver is on there too yeah you should check it out the giver is by lois lowry l-o-w-r-y um, but I'm also tempted to, I didn't realize until just now either that there were more, more books. So I am also tempted to read that. So <laughs> when we start our dystopian book club, we can, yes. <laughs> we can read those. And uh, just a, a quick secondary shout out to Kindle Unlimited, because that's where I've been reading all of my books recently. It's $9.99 a month and you have unlimited access to any books that are part of that program not all of them are um like anything new releases or like by super popular authors won't be on there but a lot of like millions of titles are available on it yeah i've been enjoying that quite thoroughly that's cool yeah Yeah. i want to get back now that i'm i'm done with my degree essentially (laughs) i would like to start reading again so something like that would be useful to and easy to carry, you know, on the subway without having to yep. buy like 60,000 new books. Yes. Um, uh, speaking of dystopian stuff, I'd like to give another shout out. Like, uh, uh, this is my mini shout out um, <laughs> to The Handmaid's Tale season two. Oh, uh, I have not started watching that yet, but I oh do my God. want to. <laughs> you, did, did you ever read the book? Yes. Okay. Yes. I love the book. See, I never read the book, so I had no idea that it was a dystopian novel. Oh. <laughs> because, like, I, I saw Handmaid's Tale, and I was like, oh, it's some... I thought... I mean, I love, like, Tess of the Dorreville and stuff, but I yeah. thought it was, like, a, you know, an 18th no, century no, no. thing. But no, it's... Oh, the series is so good. And I guess season two is now, like, a departure from the book because, you know... You know the book's only so long. Right. Um, but season two is, is really good, too. It's very 
captivating. Um, so definitely check that out if you're into dystopian stuff. Um, I do want to. I do really want to watch it. Every time I go on to Hulu, it, it they're advertising it there, and I'm like, oh, oh I really so want to start good. watching that. <laughs> you absolutely should, and you'll be sucked in. It's so good. Okay. And um, now they're at a point where they're releasing new episodes every Wednesday, so they didn't re- release the entire season two in bulk. It's like coming out slowly, which is kind of nice because I don't know. I I for the past since Netflix came out I've appreciated being able to binge watch things but it is true that you can easily get sucked into something and spend like your entire weekend just watching TV yeah. and it's kind of I didn't realize how much I missed like weekly releases until it was <laughs> happening again on Hulu and I was like I like this because I'm it's something to look forward to and you know you can watch your one episode of handmaid's tale and be like okay now i'm done and i can actually do other things <laughs> i <Right>. mean <laughs> one would could always do that when a full series is on but you're less tempted if like you know you can't yeah um, you're less tempted <laughs> if it's impossible <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> but um the actual uh, shout out i wanted to give um is oh, you all right <coughs> did your coffee go down the wrong hatch no, I think that was just saliva. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, shout out I wanted to give uh, is to a podcast called The Anthropocene Reviewed, uh, which is by John Green, who is the author of Fault in Our Stars and other yeah. uh, teen fiction. And um, The Anthropocene Reviewed is basically a series in which he reviews two things on a scale of one to five uh, each episode and talks about like his personal experience with it and also like what the, its contribution to society is and all these things. And at the end, yeah, he gives it like a one to five rating. And so like episode one, for example, was talking about Canada geese and diet Dr. Pepper. And <laughs> so he kind of talks about like their situation in the world. And like for the diet Dr. Pepper, he talked a little, talked a little about the history of it. And then he rates it at the end, but it's super, it's super interesting. Yeah. And I mean, it's an interesting idea to be like, I'm going to rate these wildly strange things. Like Haley's Comet was in one. Uh, Kentucky, oh. Kentucky Bluegrass, like the actual grass, was in one. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really fun. Really? It's a fun... Uh, and there are only uh, four episodes, so it's um, it's a pretty new series. But it's a lot of fun. Okay. What is it called again? It's called The Anthropocene Reviewed. So A-N-T-H-R-O-P-O-C-E-N-E, Reviewed. Anthropocene. Okay. But yeah, so that is my actual shout out. And cool. I guess that brings us to the end. So lots the of, end of the end. The end of season three. So make sure to tune in next week to catch episode one of season four. And uh, yeah, we'll begin begin that and continue the podcast. So. And until then, have a nice life. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>